It's episode 141 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded June 14th, 2016, live from WWDC in San Francisco, California. Clockwise, four WWDC topics, four people, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that travels through time and space. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I'm joined across the table yes. from me by my co-host, Mr. Jason Snell. How are you doing, Jason? Uh, Dan, it's always good when we can make the metaphorical table of clockwise reality, which we did today. I have to think very hard about what that <laughs> sentence means. Well, it's nice because usually we make, this table is the length of the country. It's, we've shortened the table we today. Cut it down to size, yeah. indeed. And we're joined by two other guests who are also at the table of clockwise, which is not shaped like a clock. Um, to my left... It is one of our very good uh, co-proprietors here at Relay FM and the the host of so many podcasts, including Upgrade, Mr. Mike Hurley. Hi, Mike. Hi, Dan. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm Me looking too. at you. It's just I'm this looking is, into your eyes. This is so nice. A strange tradition. Yeah, I that think began before when you guys were still at Macworld. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm just glad we're not on hotel beds like we normally are. <laughs> yeah. So that voice you you heard is uh, the other co-founder of Relay FM. And host of many podcasts, including Liftoff. We're all just going to list podcasts I'm on, right? <laughs> Stephen Hackett. We're all agreed. Hello, everybody. We're here together. That's right. At WWDC. There are a lot of cables on this desk. Yeah. Well, live recording is a complicated Fewer thing. than I would have thought, I'm going to say. It looks pretty good. Bravo. Good cable game, Stephen. Thank yeah. you. I'm holding my glass of tea very tightly. Yeah, it's an expensive box. <laughs> next to that. Yeah. That's, a, that's like 20-year-old tea right there, it looks like. Yep. All right, so Dan, four topics. And it's funny, at the keynote on Monday, uh, Tim Cook came out and said, we have four platforms here at Apple. He's a Clockwise fan, well-known fact. And I thought, how much more perfect could that be? So I think all of us should take one of the platforms in turn. This doesn't necessarily make it a draft, but it's totally a draft. Dan, what platform do you think we should talk about first? Well, I'm going to kick off in the same way that Tim Cook kicked off, and I'm going to take Watch OS 3. Three, because I am super excited about watchOS 3 and what that means for the Apple Watch as a product. So I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys think about watchOS 3. watchOS 3 seems like the version of watchOS that I wanted originally. Mm-hmm. Right? Like It feels like this is the one that's really going to work, which I'm totally happy with. They've taken their time to work out the kinks, and it looks like we're finally going to get something that looks really good. I'm, I'm a little dubious about some of the speed stuff. I think the, the part of the sentences that they were taking out was on watch two, mm. right? Like I imagine it's going to be a lot faster and a lot more responsive, but I think it's going to be really great on, the, on watch two. But the, I'm just really happy to see that Apple went back to the drawing board with this and didn't double down on some of the questionable choices that were made originally with watchOS. Yeah, I, Mike's got it exactly right. I agree completely. They could have doubled down on their mistakes, and instead they had they sort of swallowed their pride. Somebody at Apple really was a champion of those features, like the the one that I'm going to talk about now, which is using that one the one button on the Apple Watch to kick off the Friends Ring feature. And uh, they, they're like, you know, we could use that button for something better. And, they, and in watchOS 3, they are. They're going to use it to have app access in the app dock, which is a place where you can put the apps that you care the most about. They, they launch, 
uh, instantly. They're running in the background. And uh, I think that's the thing that I'm most excited about, the idea that you can prioritize apps, put them in the dock. They don't have glances anymore. They, they sort of act like glances in the, the way you access them, but they're the full apps. And uh, likewise, if you have an app that's a complication, the same thing. It's running in the background. It's updating in the background, which is really good because I was just talking to a friend who says he missed a meeting because his, uh, his calendar complication didn't update in the background. And that's, that stuff just can't happen. So I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that this is, yeah, this is their first cut at a revision to watchOS, and it looks like they uh, took it to heart. One of the things that really caught my attention is the activity sharing. So if you look mm-hmm. at like the Fitbit ecosystem, a lot of people wear them. They're a very popular device. And I really think part of that is that you can set up challenges. So Mike and I could say who's going to get more steps in a given week. And that has been really completely absent, not only from the Apple Watch, but Apple's whole health platform, right? right? Where the watch is sort of like the, the device face of that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk a lot about it in the keynote, but that activity sharing is coming to the watch and to the health platform where you can not only see number of steps, which of course is Fitbit's whole thing, but you can see uh, different types of exercises. And I think you can even compare like times and that sort of thing. And I think that's going to be big. I think that the that people do well with that sort of challenge, that sort of social aspect to the Fitbit platform. And people want to do well against their friends and they want to compete. And to bring that to the Apple Watch, I think will make it more attractive to Fitbit users. And I think that's um, the Apple Watch is a good upgrade from something like a Fitbit if you're interested in fitness and want a little bit more. And I think it's going to be a strong selling point to people who would otherwise miss that feature if they upgrade. Peculiar anecdote. Uh, I went to pick up a parcel this morning at the hotel and I got a notification on my watch, and I looked at it, and the lady was like, is that Fitbit Blaze? I was like, how could you? Why? Wow. <laughs> like, why was how, that what occupied your mind? How dare you? It was just such a weird thing. <laughs> it just was weird to me, because it is like a watch-looking product. But it was strange that somehow she knew about that, but not the Apple Watch. That is no. weird. That was just a very peculiar thing that happened to me today. Well, I, I agree with uh, Mike that it feels like this is the app, the watchOS we should have had the whole time. Although I'm a little wary, like you, that it's going to be kind of like uh, maybe they've got like Lucy pulling the football away from Charlie Brown, and it's like, yeah, we made you look again. Just kidding. <laughs> this one isn't it. Sorry. Um, I, I I do really wonder about the trade-offs because you know. A lot of people complain, users complain when things aren't fast enough, and they say, make it faster. And at a certain point, developers are like, you can't just make something faster like without yep. some sort of penalty yep. or trade-off. And so to your point about WatchOS, or Watch 2, I think that's probably part of it. I think the other part of it is they might have realized that there's more battery life than they really needed yeah. for a lot of stuff. Because I find that when I recharge my watch at night, it's still a little bit over 50%, um, for whatever reason. Maybe just because I'm not using it very much because it's slow. Um, so I'm interested to see what the trade-offs from that are. Uh, I really like a couple of the changes they've made to things like uh, communication. So, for example, letting you write little messages, you know, with your finger. And like like graffiti. Is, yeah, exactly. Good, good times. Um, integrating some of the messages stuff that they put in in other places. I, I really do. I'm excited of all the things that I am uh, that, that the Apple announced. I think watchOS definitely has my attention because it seems like finally this thing that I've been wearing for the last year actually is going to work the way that I want it to. So thanks for your thoughts on that for topic number two, Mr. Hurley. So as we go around the table, we have two massive Mac nerds. So I was so tempted to pick Mac OS as my topic, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go with iOS. So this was the 10th release of iOS. And with... Big shocker. The 10th <laughs> release of iOS, we got 10 temp features. 
I would like to know which of those 10 are your favorites. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say Siri and the Siri API. And I'm going to say that because not only is it uh, something that's going to improve Siri and it's going to make, uh, you know, make Siri better because it's going to be more capable, but it also gives uh, third-party apps mm-hmm. access to the power mm-hmm. of Siri. And you, it's good for developers and it's good for users and it's good for Siri. I think that everybody wins in that case. So um, I'm, I'm happy about that, but I'm also happy about what it represents in terms of Apple in general opening up uh, to more of more of the things that were closed to third-party developers, and you've seen it across not just in Siri but in several other parts of the OS, where third-party apps have access to all sorts of things that they never got to uh, to stick their noses in before. And I I think that's a great trend. But Siri in general, the idea that you know relying on Apple to integrate everything is too much, and Apple's not going to be capable of that. Third-party apps are eager to be in there. They're starting narrow with about five things. It really reminds you of uh, when they introduced multitasking, and it was very limited instances of it. Yep. But you've got to start somewhere. They've got to build in these connections into Siri, but still, it's great that the ball is rolling there. So that's, that's my choice. Yep. Mine, I think, are the changes coming to the lock screen and to the home screen. <laughs> the, mine, Stephen. Thanks. Yep. Maybe uh, look through. Find some more stuff. It's totally a draft. Totally a draft. So they're doing a couple of things here. Uh, they're doing something called raise to wake. So if you know you you pick up or you move your Apple Watch up to your face to see it, it comes on. They're bringing that to the phone, and it's sort of a hey, we're sorry, Touch ID is so fast. Yeah. Because we've all had that experience. You like bump the Touch ID sensor and it goes off. Federer even called that out specifically, right? Yeah. That it's so fast now that people can't look at their I think that anymore. I think that shows they're listening to what people are saying. Yeah. But um, so that's a big one. The widgets in like the Today View are getting screwed with again. And so now if you pull down not- uh, Notification Center on the home screen, today is like a swipe over. If you do it when you're in an app, it's like a different place. It's It's all sort of... Sort of strange. And they also live in the 3D touch menus of some apps mm-hmm. as well, which is yeah. kind of forget how clockwise works. No, I'm... I'm uh, yes. he, just, he doesn't I care how clockwise works. Um, and so, so the, to your point, the 3D touch, and there was actually an article this morning, Apple saying they're going to bring the 3D touch widgets to non-3D touch phones. Oh, good. They, they didn't say how. I have big concerns with how Ma- they do magic, that. Magic, Stephen. Because um, the long press is already used. But it, it's, what this is all doing is they're not putting widgets on the home screen yet. But they're making like widgetized data a lot more visible and a lot more interactive. And I think that's really good. Glanceable information is a big thing when you're on the go. And even in the iOS 7, 8, and 9 Today View scheme, it's not really quite as useful as it could be. And I, I think uh, this is going to be a step in the right direction. I am interested in the redesign of maps, actually. Um, so this is a big uh, change. The last big change we really had to maps was, of course, you know, the <laughs> ill-fated map switch over from Google Maps to Apple Maps. Um, I, they've made some slight improvements throughout the years as they did that, but I think that it's really interesting they chose to do a heavy redesign. Um, a lot of the stuff, like we saw with the uh, lock screen and, and widgets and such, also shows that we're getting like a little bit of a design revamp, and I think that's just in time because we sort of the big major one was iOS 7 when they changed the whole look of everything, and that's starting to get a little bit long in the tooth, so they decide to pep stuff up here and there. I think Maps looks a lot better in the screenshots that I've seen than it does right now. It seems they really paid attention to the user experience of it and saying, like, not only, like, making a design. The, the applause that he got when he's like, oh, you can, like, pan ahead to where you're going on your trip. Huge. It is. It is, because it's so annoying. We've all done that thing where you, like, pinch to, like, zoom in, and then it's like, 
oh, there's my thing. And then you let go and it snaps back or it like spins around. It's like, oh, that's just annoying. I want to see where I'm going down the road. So that, the ability to do hook-ins and look for things like places of interest or stuff along the way, the extensions as we talked about, that there's a lot of potential in maps right now. And, and maps has worked very hard to overcome its bad rap about like, you know, giving you terrible directions. And I think it's actually gotten much better, but this might do another, you know, sort of step towards rehabilitating its image. So I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. Some excellent picks. I'm going to talk about messages. Um, Apple came to the realization that messages can be more than SMS text messages and just pieces of text and maybe the occasional image. And they took it in a really interesting direction. They're, they're bringing in things like stickers and big emoji, and they have the incredible emoji-suggesting keyboard, which is going to be amazing for everyone. <laughs> uh, and then took it that little bit further with adding whimsy into the app, which I, I like to see some of this stuff come back. I think over time, a lot of the whimsy that Apple has had in some of their OS stuff has gone away. You know, like where you used to get puffs of smoke when your apps disappeared and stuff like that. These things were gone, and now we're getting these incredibly animated bubbles with confetti, and you can do handwriting and digital touch being used in a different way here. You know, it's whilst it's not really exactly the same, being able to draw on photos, and it looks like they basically took a look at all of the best messaging apps that are available today and was like, what features can we build in to the messages app? And I've got to say, like, I am really excited about it. I know this is cutting the nerd audience in half. Um, and I think it's for people that either get this stuff or don't get it. And I think it's going to be a big move for Apple. And I think they're going to be able to claw back some of the people that they're losing to stuff like Line and Messages. This is, this is a big thing. You won't have to use them if you don't want to, but lots of people will. All right, that's two topics down. We have two topics more to go. It's halftime. Time to tell you about our halftime sponsor. This special episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Linode, a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world. They make Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute with plans starting at just $10 a month. You'll be able to choose your resources, Linux distro, and node location right from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can deploy, boot, and resize that virtual server with just a few clicks. Linode offers fantastic customer support. They have more than 400,000 customers, and they're all taken care of by a friendly 24-7 support team. They're even open over the holidays. If you have something you need help with, they will be there for you. And Linode's also really committed to improving their infrastructure. For example, they recently made a switch from Zen to KVM. Their latest Unix benchmark showed a 300% performance increase. It's the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They have the power you need and the infrastructure and assistance you demand. So, as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash clockwise, you'll not only be supporting us, you'll get $20 toward any Linode plan, and there's a seven-day money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash clockwise, that's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash clockwise to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit, or use the promo code clockwise20 when you check out, and you will get that deal. Thank you so much to Linode for supporting me and all the web servers I run, and supporting clockwise all right two platforms down two more to go it's my turn there is a table full of mac nerds here and so i'm going to give stephen hackett the opportunity to be the first person to talk about what he wanted to uh or what he liked about mac os stephen out of order it's craziness uh 
so it's a, it's a big thing, right? We have obviously we have the the brand change, which is interesting. Uh, I think the the Roman numeral ten played played out, right? It's been fifteen years. It's it time. was totally extreme back in yeah, two thousand. The X, the I, <laughs> the E, all, all those letters. All those letters are gone. Apple hates letters now. Can't use them anymore. All 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 gone away. All banished. Uh, so Mac OS Sierra, and I think the the big headlining feature here is Siri. It's gonna be seems to be in line with what's on iOS. Um, what about you, Dan? Uh, I think the thing, interestingly enough, the thing that I'm most interested in is not necessarily just the Mac, but how it works with other devices. A big part of what they talked about was continuity. Uh, and I think the features there are really intriguing because Apple is in this position of having all of these devices. And they like to talk about, we've got software, we've got hardware, we've got services, we can make it all work together in this delicious stew. Uh, and mm, so... Stew. Mm, stew. And so being able to use your, say, log into your Mac by just wearing your watch is great. I mean, like some people ask, like, why not the phone? It's like, well, you still have to fumble. You have to find your phone. You don't know where it is. It's in your pocket. You get it out. Is that really that much faster than entering your password? The fact that the watch is already authenticated and makes it totally seamless is a lot more of an improvement. Uh, and so I think that's really cool. I think the idea of letting you pay, use your, your iPhone as sort of an authenticated device to pay for things with uh, Apple Pay on the web on the Mac, also really cool. Uh, I like the idea of this is like, okay, you've got, you've got all these different ingredients. How can you combine them to do things that would otherwise be difficult? So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, just in general, like I have so many devices, making those all play better together is always just a, a big thumbs up for me. I am a fan of the future of the universal clipboard. So this is a feature that they introduced where you will have your clipboard basically synced from device to device. And on the, you know, I can see there's some real benefits to this type of thing, but what I would love to see more is for you to be able to push stuff around. Because like at the moment, there's, you know, even on Apple's website, they're saying, you know, just find a great recipe on the Mac, paste the ingredients right to the grocery list on your phone, but you're still copying on one, opening your iPhone and pasting it. It would be really nice if you could, even if it was a right click, you know, just paste it directly into the phone. Um, that, that stuff it could be really fun. And, and I like the idea of being able to share these things together. There being kind of no visible interface, it would appear, for this stuff is, is an interesting choice. Um, and it would be. I'm looking forward to seeing how some developers adopt this. But I've got to say, this would be. I've tried to use a lot of those clipboard managers for iOS and OS 10. I can never get them to work right. Um, so I'm looking forward to being able to share this stuff. But I'm more looking forward to seeing how Apple evolves it from here because I think it's got uh, a lot of room that it can grow into. I think my uh, favorite Mac subject is the name change. So I wanted to talk about that. Not even a feature, but. The, the the name change was big. Unless did you pick the name change? Is that your official pick, or are you laying in the weeds now? I'm um, I'm wherever you want me to be. All right, <laughs> pick the name. I mean, you, uh, it was hashtag Jason was right. Yeah, I uh, I like the name change. I'm happy about it. It's not really a feature, but I just wanted to call it out. And I'll throw in picture picture in picture. It seems like a ridiculous feature to talk about because you know it's a Mac. It's got Windows. Why do you need this? But the fact is, if you want to watch video while you're working on your Mac, you have to like carve out a portion of your screen where the video window can go and not be covered up by other stuff. And having it float on the top above your other interface elements and being able to drag it around, I think is great because I do want to play like a baseball video or something but I don't want to have it hidden I want to have it kind of float on top and, and that's a good feature on iOS I love it on my iPad and I'm looking forward to it being on the Mac 
Yeah, I think one thing to, to mention real quick, they're doing some optimized storage stuff, mm-hmm. which they blast it through, and the, the website is even more confusing. Yeah. That they can do some file compression and take things that you don't need somehow and put them in iCloud Drive and then take them off your local disk. I'm not sure that's, how I feel about that. It's not scary yeah. at all. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely trust iCloud with all my data. Yeah, I mean, there's that, mm-hmm. and it's like that's a really hard thing, and that, you know, they've done it with spinning disk and SSD and fusion drives, but this is like a different type of thing. Yeah, but. and it's a little bit like the uh, like what they do with iCloud, uh, the photos, iCloud Photo Library, right. where you you know you basically say you don't have to keep all my photos, and it sort of right. is supposed to be managing you don't that have in the to background. Keep all of my thesis, yeah, or you know, right. you know like all my PDFs. So it'll just be the conclusion. It's cool. uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works and what sort of control that you have over that. But I think it's it's a low level change to. Mac OS and uh, in a world where you know Mac OS is really just getting yeah. features this year. So, all right, that is three platforms down. Stephen, there's only one left. Bring us home. TV OS. It's it, TV OS is so sad. It's not even in the rotator on Apple's homepage. <laughs> you have to go hunting hunting for it on their website. Uh, I think my favorite thing in TV OS is the single sign on. So we all have cable subscriptions or we borrow them from a friend and you know you sign into ABC and you sign into you know all these different video apps with your Comcast or your Uverse login and if you're like me that's a one password password and it's a big pain and if you change it you have to go change it in 15 apps mm-hmm. and single sign on promises that you change that at the system level and all these apps get your login automatically which is like why a why wasn't this here on day one but it should make the you know i think a lot of people don't know their apple tv can do this stuff because it's hard or they see it and they don't know the password they have to go look for it and i think single sign-on is going to solve a lot of those problems i'm going to pick the other thing aside from single sign-on that i really liked which was dark mode <laughs> which seems like kind of minor but I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, you got a big TV and it blinds you. It is. It's a nice improvement. I kind of wish they'd taken it a step further and taken a cue from Night Shift and had it like automatically change to dark mode at night because I think that would be super cool. Or I, I guess it's probably tougher to do something like an ambient light sensing thing. But I, I think that that, that is it's nice. Um, like like Stephen says, if you have a giant TV, it is very glaring. And so I think that they've made a big deal out of that with the iOS adjustments. And so seeing something that did that automatically would be really, really nice. Also, I think the dark mode just looks cool. Yep. Badass. As someone who recently uh, spilled some maple syrup on their Apple remote. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. Yep. And so now the buttons are just a little bit more difficult to press. I'm looking forward to the Apple TV remote app. Uh, it looks like it has all of the features that the Siri remote has, um, and it's in the device that I always have in my pocket anyway, because replacing my maple syrup-covered uh, Apple TV remote would be a, an, a hefty 70 pounds, which is that's expensive. It's ridiculous. It's expensive for a little remote. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having the app for when uh, I eventually spill more maple syrup on my uh, TV remote. I'm going to cheat and say HomeKit. That is a long cheat. shot. Because <laughs> although HomeKit is supported on TVOS, let's talk about HomeKit in general. Uh, I, 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 What's happened to Clockwork? I'm out. <laughs> I like, I like uh, the fact that Apple has integrated HomeKit everywhere. One of the problems with HomeKit uh, is still that uh, some stuff works with it and some stuff doesn't. But I think a fundamental problem with HomeKit was that it was invisible. Yep. That you could talk to it in, uh, about it with Siri and you could launch apps from the manufacturers. But 
now Apple's going to have a home app and it's going to be on iOS and it's going to be on the Apple TV. See, I totally uh, worked it in there. Mm-hmm. And that gives it a place where it belongs, where you can tell it, tell Siri to do things or you can check on your home status with the home app. And uh, that's how, how uh, excited I am about the fourth most exciting feature of tvOS that HomeKit is what I choose instead. Now you've got a finger on Steve. <laughs> what are you looking forward to in tvOS? Well, I think the only thing we didn't mention because there wasn't all that much, uh, the auto app install. So if you install an iPhone mm-hmm. app and it has a TV component, it you can set it up to install on your TV like it does the watch. Mm-hmm. And we've all used the TV app store. We all know it's sort of difficult to to work around in and it's sort of weird and i think this will be nice if i download you know hbo go on my phone or my ipad it's going to be in the tv when i get home i think that's long overdue also auto the skateboarding bulldog we also just yeah <laughs> i was, was gonna fun. say yeah we, no one talked about searching youtube with uh siri yeah more the, the more siri search integration the better the right better. Yeah. absolutely universal search is plus key. the youtube app can be difficult at times, yeah. So at times being all the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that I think is four topics. So we have just enough time for a bonus topic, and we're going to do something a little unorthodox and say, well, our bonus topic is what did we not talk about that you are interested in or you think we should mention, Mike? Uh, I took a trip to the Union Square Apple Store, so the new one that was in the press a couple of weeks ago, where they did the big unveiling event of the future of the Apple Store. It is a beautiful place. It's kind of when you approach it. There's, you cannot help but look at it because the store effectively looks like it's on the street because these massive doors open and it's just all open air and you can just walk in and take a look around. You can look at their incredible new screen that they have. The Genius Grove is kind of cool with the like tree planter seat things. We were spending some time in the outside area today. We were meeting at Apple, like Angela suggested that people would do, and we actually did do it. And I could see that people might do stuff like that like me at the apple store there's like an area at least in this one where you can go and work um the doors look big enough that they could fit a car through them just saying uh and soon the uh the apple store in london the regent street store will be reopening and i cannot wait to see this design there mm. so beautiful I want to mention Swift Playgrounds for iPad. One of the few iPad announcements here, I think we're all anticipating that perhaps they've held some iPad stuff for after the iPhone ships for a, an additional like dot release of iOS 10. But one of the big new bits of news about the iPad was Swift Playgrounds app on the iPad. This is not full Xcode for developers, but it's being pitched as a way for people to learn how to code in a friendly environment using an iPad. You don't need a big uh, computer with a whole Xcode setup in order to get uh, your feet wet with Swift and uh, teach everybody how to code. And it's free. Uh, coming in beta this summer and in the App Store in the fall. And I think that I'm not sure I agree with Tim Cook that coding should be a required language in all schools. That seems a little bit broad and maybe a little bit uh, too Silicon Valley for my taste. But I think that Apple, the fact that Apple is making a free app and is trying to build resources for people to learn to code, uh, including kids, is really admirable. And it starts people hopefully down the path of uh, eventually having the iPad be its own development tool. Uh, I think something that is worth mentioning is the uh, lineup of presenters Apple had this time. And they've taken uh, criticism, uh, rightly so, that it has not been as diverse as it needs to be. And we saw... uh, both men and women on stage, all people of color, it, and and not only doing that to do it, but all I think all the presenters this time did just did a great job. It was a fun keynote. It was 
it was fun to hear from people we don't hear from on a regular mm-hmm. basis from Apple. And I think that it added uh, a lot to the experience of watching it. And there's still more room to go uh, in this in this area for Apple and, and other tech companies. But it was good to see Apple make an improvement this time around. And they've made improvements in the past, and they've sort of slid back. Hopefully they are um, making changes uh, in a permanent way now. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to end this on the highest note of all time. And note the most important thing we didn't talk about today was you can delete the pre-installed apps <laughs> on your iPhone. Woo! No more stocks, calculator, whatever. You can, you can delete them. That's exciting. Have you seen what happens if you press a mail link? Yep. It's good <laughs> Download time. Download mail it's, <laughs> yeah. it's beta. You good know. times. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And that's four topics in a bonus topic. It remains only to thank our guests Mr. Mike Hurley, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure. I love watching that clock. And Stephen Hackett, it's been a pleasure having you to my left. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Dan, we did it. We did it in person. Another live show. Another live show, another thing where there's actually a table and we really moved clockwise. Nobody died. I feel very good about that. Yeah, it's, it's more dangerous in person. Few people know that. The blades. Yeah, there are blades hanging true. over our they heads. <laughs> they spin in clockwise fashion. Ah. <laughs> All right, and thanks to everybody out there for listening, and we will talk to you next week back from our traditional positions behind microphones in, uh, by ourselves. You know, it's so lonely there. But until then, all we have left to do is to remind you, Watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.